Hello and welcome to the debrief after St Mirren 2, Aberdeen 1 in the League Cup on the 28th of November 2020. Uh, two cups already, Martin, and it's not even out of November. This is uh, pretty good going for the season. Oh, it's just a fantastic start, it? <laughs> I think last season I kept banging the drum that it was all about the midfield, stupid, and it, obviously again tonight that's that's kind of where I have to start, I think. I'm going to speak a lot about Ojo and Campbell. We know that at the moment they're the second choice guys in that team and you know we shouldn't expect them to be up to the standard Ferguson McCrory and you know the work that they get through is a two and they get through a power work um, but the thing is that they as a two in front of a back three the whole thing is that you don't need someone sat in front of the back three because that's what your spare man at centre half kind of does for you it should allow the the other centre halves to be a spare man and, and get on the ball both Ojo and Campbell tonight didn't Seemed to want to drive forward with a ball. Didn't seem to want to push the St Mirren midfield back. Um, they just wanted to sit as holding midfielders, the both of them, and play wall passes. And it just didn't get us up the pitch. And they helped contribute to an attitude throughout the team for which we were second best to every single ball. It was a kind of, why can't someone else do it performance? And that was epitomised by the lead-up to the St Mirren first goal. Dean Campbell... Basically, just hoping that now McGinn will get onto a ball, which really was his responsibility to try and close down way before it comes to Johnny Hayes making the challenge to give away the free kick. We're playing against a team down there who you know, have been struggling and have been struggling in this league for years now. Uh, and you're playing with two defensive midfielders. And, you know, and I, just don't, I just don't understand that. Um, you know, Ojo and Dean aren't attacking-minded enough to do that, so you're look. So then you're 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 left short, trying to go forward. Now you're all, they're always going to have an, a body more than you when we're trying to get forward because there's these two guys that will just sit. And not that we did anything really great, any great shakes going forward. Uh, and so you just we found found ourselves you know, barely creating a thing, totally outnumbered. And then when we come back again, you know, it seems to be a word we're using, but no guy. No, there's a lack of people taking responsibility, and you're right to mention that. And it's no, no. If you're playing playing in a, in a midfield and you know, two sitting in front of a three, which is just, I just don't, I don't understand why he felt the need to do that tonight in the first place. To be honest, but well, but, but no, well, I don't think that was the plan. I don't. But I think you've got the two guys there who who are more defensive midfielders, and that really is all the natural midfielders we have left in the team right now. And that's the point that they they weren't prepared to almost listen to what they would have been instructed as to how this system, this 3-4-3, has been working with the fact of Ferguson McCurry getting higher at the pitch, forcing the opposition back, that they were too prepared just to fall back into their more natural roles, and that's all they really wanted to do. So so my point is kind of twofold, in that they should have taken personal responsibility to, yeah. to try and win at least their... 50-50s and win their second balls, their share, and I didn't see any of that. But also the manager should have realised that, OK, if I've got two working midfielders, but I know that neither of them are really going to function that well on a two and both prefer to be in a three, why don't you just throw another body in there and actually make it a three and give them a more fighting chance? Why don't you throw Greg Lee in? Why don't you throw you know, Tommy Hoban even into the centre of that park and let them operate as a three? OK, you've got one of them out of position. Why the necessity to play the 3-4-3. Was the 3-4-3 working because it 
is a fantastic system which helps you to win games. No, it was working because it got the best out of Ferguson McCrory, but it wasn't going to get the best out of the midfield options we had available today. And um, I, I don't really understand why both of those things happened. That The manager didn't realise that and try and adjust for the fact that we have two defensive-minded midfielders and that's all we have. Or those two guys just fell so meekly back in to their standard way of playing the box I think the box stops with the manager here I mean there's no, nobody nobody gets off with a pass tonight anyway but he should be spotting that that it's, it's, it's not working and either they're not and again we've said this again before if they're not listening to him then no make to talk to them make them listen reinforce the point he no, he's watching the game from a lot closer than any of us. And he must have seen how it was going, where they were just sitting with the ball. I mean, there was a point in the second half where Dino, Dino and Ojo were, were there. And then Considine was coming forward from, from central defence and over, overlapping them, trying to get the ball further forward. Because they're just sitting, playing little balls back to each other at 1-1. Uh, I don't, again, it's like, and you're right, I think it's right that they're just, they're just in their... They're in their comfort zone. It's the position of them. If you look at the sort of average position of our midfielders when we've played this system, you see how much higher up the park that Ferguson and McCrory got themselves. And that's partly because they are more attack-minded players, absolutely. But it's, it's because they're determined not to lose that midfield battle. And I felt too many of too many of our players were happy just to let someone else do it. And, and, and really, yeah. for most of that game, St Mirren were, were first at every second ball and just really wanted it more, which is a real indictment on on our side, regardless of the of the team that we have to put out and which we know is limited. We are down to those two natural midfielders and it's been the case for for this run of games. And it was it went beyond that though. The failure just to do the basics, the lack of control on the ball, that always needing an extra touch and absolutely this is not um referring just to Campbell and Ojo on this occasion because, you know, Again, it feels wrong just to to, sing, to single out those two in a way. Uh, but, you know, I do think that so much revolves around the centre of the park that's important to, yeah. to to start there. But just a failure to do the basics, to slow things down at every turn. The fact that St Mirren were, were never put, un, put under any proper pressure on the ball. Just the, the sort of press, if there was one that was meant to be employed, simply wasn't working. And then, you know, when he made halftime changes and he did change the shape, he went to match up with them, which in many ways, the fact that the second half wasn't really much better, apart from maybe a 10, 15 minute spell when it looked like we were getting on top. In many ways, that's a bigger indictment on the players, because if you're matching up to the opposition in terms of shape, you can't then blame the formation. You can't really then blame, you know, just the way things are set up or the fact that you're being outnumbered in midfield. It's, a, it's really up to you to win your individual battles and I don't think anyone in an Aberdeen shirt did that tonight. This, these last two games have been, they've just been flashbacks to last season. Exactly the sort of stuff that we played last season, just midfielders sitting way too deep, therefore unable to get our wing-backs up the pitch, our wing-backs unable to interact with the attacking players. Exactly the sort of displays that we're putting in last season week after week. The, the half, those halftime changes just you know, I can understand where he was coming from but you know, when you're looking at someone like Curtis Main to come on and save the day uh, you know, injuries are not we've got problems 
Um, you know, I understand obviously he's, got, he's putting Michael Devlin in, you know, to try and match them. And you know, if that's what he thinks, you know, that, if that's what the manager thought that was going to get him across the line, then you know, fair enough. But it just this was again, you, you're so right to say about the midfield battles. And just this was this was a flashback to last season, the season before, where we just we just were working. Well, again, we weren't competing in midfield. We were losing. We were losing battles constantly, um, and it was just it was just a horrible. It's just a horrible flashback because you know, And I understand. You know, we're going to we're going to hear a lot now about injuries and people missing because of COVID, and we're going to hear a lot of excuses. Um, but we've got a big squad. Um, we've got a squad of you no, know, no. There was a big fuss made about someone like Ojo coming in. You know, we've heard we've heard a lot of good things about Dean Campbell. You no, know, Matty Kennedy came in. Who, I'll be honest, over the past few games, Matty Kennedy doesn't look like he is an Aberdeen quality player. Um, just you no, know, his end his end product is absolutely just you no, know, is you know, abysmal, and it has been for the past the past few games. Uh, we talk about this. We talk about these guys and you know, the midfielders. I thought Johnny Hayes clearly back too early. McInnes gambled, hoping that someone like Hayes could come in, create stuff, and get him over the line because we're missing uh, Scott Wright, for example. That didn't work either because Hayes looked Hayes looked like he was about thirty or forty percent fit. No, never really got going tonight, um, and you no. Know, hopefully, with a bit of luck, you no, know, we'll have it hasn't set back set him back any by playing playing all those minutes tonight. But just, for, I mean, the, mid, the midfield was, was so frustrating for me tonight. Just sitting watching that. And watching this not compete um, again, Marty Kennedy again, waste it was just a waste of a shirt, um, and I'm just just so I'm so frustrated at seeing that where we just we don't we don't create anything, um, and you, you you change the shape in the second half, and then apart from like you say that ten minute spell where we kind of we put a bit more pressure on them, which was more coming from Tommy Hoban getting up the, the wing at, from right back, um, and then a couple of set pieces, we really didn't offer anything. Yeah, the Kennedy one's a curious one. He's been fashioned into this right wing back this season where, you know, really his performances for St Johnston were as a number 10, playing off a striker. And I really thought there was an opportunity in that second half when he had Kennedy left wing and he had Johnny Hayes trying to be the number 10 off the striker to just switch the mind because we know that Hayes does his best work off the left. Hernandez primarily hasn't been getting a game because of the, the change to the way in which we've we're playing this season. Well, it's really been the same as with Ojo. I don't want to hang about to dry too much. I, you know, I think he could just about, just about, based on what we've seen, do a job as part of a three. But asking him to do that same job as part of a two, and yeah, we've seen it before. We, you know, Shinny and Ferguson in the season they had together, were just about were able to get through the same amount of workload as Ferguson and McCrory can, and they can make the two work. But especially when you're outnumbered, it takes good, good players to make that two work when you're up against the three. And, and disappointingly, neither of them seem to be prepared to take the fight to their opposing number either. I mean, we can't really stop tonight without talking about the winning goal. I just I, Some men completely deserve to win the game tonight. They should have been four or five up before we equalised. How we were level at half-time is one of life's great mysteries. But Joe Lewis, Jesus wept. <laughs> Where does that come from? I'm probably I'm probably guilty of defending Joe Lewis too much on this podcast. Um, 
and you know I've said and I, I said and I probably still stand by it that I do think that he's one of the better keepers in the league. Uh, but he makes good saves. He's usually reliable. However, the amount of game-changing mistakes over the past, you know, you know, this season and maybe the last half season perhaps is tottened up a bit. Um, that was a really rotten mistake, and it deserves every bit of criticism that's coming to him. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of keepers being captain. I think it puts undue pressure on you, unless you are a world-class keeper. I think that being captain puts puts un, puts a lot of pressure on your on him there, and perhaps Joe isn't, you know, isn't up to the, the task of being captain. Um, I know I'm. I know I sound like I'm now making excuses for him, um, and I'm not, because. But I just think that you know, you've seen it. No, I'm sitting. I've seen it still. I've seen a couple more replays of it, and it looks worse every time you see him. Um, we've had so many really, really shite goalkeepers at Aberdeen over the years. Um, you know, basically since since the um, you look at some of the utter shit we've had in goals, uh, and that mistake is up there with any of the worst you've seen. Um, it's it's you no. Know, I wouldn't say it's completely out of character because we'll have seen some mistakes from Joe this season. Perhaps, for example, the Motherwell game, but it, you no, know, it usually is out of character for him, um, and it's it's just that was so bad. And but you but it'll distract from the. I think that will distract from the performance. I mentioned like no, five minutes ago, but you no, know, we'll hear excuses about injuries. Injuries is now about oh, it was a one-off error from the goalie blah blah all this kind of stuff we were heading towards extra time well we were but we should have been beaten and we should have been dating the summer and should have been out of sight we can't can't let that just distract from the fact that you know, we were we were awful and you know, and then to top it off you know, the keeper basically chucks one into his own goal yeah let's not go over the top on Joe Lewis but equally let's stop going over the top the other way on certain players Joe Lewis is a very solid SPFL level goalkeeper and has done a good solid job for Aberdeen through the years I think it's a couple of years in there he's got player of the year awards when perhaps they weren't quite justified um, but he will make mistakes all goalkeepers will make mistakes and you know he's probably at the level he deserves to be at just about to be perfectly honest um, it's the same with Ryan Hedges he's rightly got a lot of praise for the way he's put a couple of good couple of decent performances together this season but you know, again tonight, when asked to be one of the sort of key creative forces in the team tonight, wasn't happening. Wasn't happening at all. I have to laugh. There was a, a tweet came out, I think, whilst we were 4 0 down last week that said, oh, you know, Hedges have a broken back from carrying the team. Mate, we're 4 0 down. He's not doing a fucking good job of carrying the team, is he? Uh, it's just stop going overboard about players. Generally, we have a fairly competent squad. Some above average performers, some below average performers. Tonight, though, and the last couple of weeks, it's just not been the sort of levels that we should be expecting and we should be demanding for the for the money and for the outlay and for all that we'll talk about players missing. I can pretty much guarantee that every one of that starting Aberdeen 11 has paid more than even the highest paid member of the St Mirren team. Absolutely, definitely. I mean, I think... I think it came out you know, during the week when they, re- when they released the figures and stuff like that about wage the wa- the wage bill at the club the playing budget or something is like it's like nine and a half million quid or something. You no, know, you look at well look at when, with the this, this Hamilton game. You no, know, what are the Hamilton players on? You know, and we're you no know, I say I, I say we as in the Royal we as in Aberdeen fans. No, we like to complain about you know uh, the financial gap to Celtic, the financial gap to the Rangers. Well. 
the financial gap between us and St Mirren oh, and us and Hamilton. Uh, it's maybe not quite as pronounced as the it's gap upwards, but, but absolutely, no, you, but that, you can't, you know... St Mirren's wage over playing budget is, is probably, what, generous mm-hmm. safety, that's probably about a third of ours. That was a very winnable tie for us. It was never going to be easy. Each game against Jim Goodwin St Mirren has been a proper battle. Pitaudry a few weeks ago with a much more close to full strength squad. It took a very last minute winner from Lewis Ferguson. It took a bit of magic from Lewis Ferguson in the cup tie, the Scottish Cup tie earlier this year as well. That's the worry though, that the early part of this season has been more about good team performances. A lot of people have contributed to those performances. The wins of the couple of seasons prior to that were based on moments of magic and I feel that we're coming back to that now, basically. Moments of either luck, as in tonight's goal for us, or magic to actually create our chances and get our goals. Because, I mean, you know, there was the the goal and the Hoban header, which you should have scored, and that was pretty much the sum total of our attacking intent, apart from a couple of scalafs following corners. Again, just to add to the overall lack of being able to do the basics tonight um, you know the failure to get clean connections away at shots again you don't have the excuse of the plastic pitch tonight lads I know it was a bit greasy a bit wet but anyway these are meant to be 12 minutes uh, short short Martin I, I feel that we're we're now just staring deep into the very pit of abyss of our souls so um, to avoid just getting any more bleak for your Saturday evenings um, um, on the day that Aberdeen went out of the League Cup at St Mirren, 28th of November 2020, that was uh, the debrief. As tough as it is, all we can say is, come on you Reds, and again, keep the faith.